3: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I don't know what that voice is, but it's just hilarious. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com Senior Editor, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. How are you?
0: Hi, Keith. <laughs> my voice is a little something today It's a little Kathleen Turner um, it's, it's somewhere between Kathleen Turner And I hope I don't like crack my voice Like a like a teen boy But here we are You're, you're not feeling well Yeah, not yeah. feeling great But the podcast calls, beckons The podcast calls <laughs> um,
3: and, and fortunately, we there's a lot for you to talk about this week
0: Indeed there is great. So you get to hear my voice for a long period of time
3: Well, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast Is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a gravelly discussion okay. about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we've got Chart Chat about Ed Sheeran's big debut at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart with Divide, Cling Bandit's second top 10 hit. On the Billboard Hot 100, and why Metallica got a sudden rush on the Billboard 200 chart with their "Hardwired to Self-Destruct" album. Uh, plus, we've got music news and updates about Drake. The Kids' Choice Awards, where both Fifth Harmony and their former member Camila Cabello were on hand. Hmm, and Nicki Minaj's three new songs. In addition to all that, we also have an interview with BB Rexa. The singer-songwriter, who has notched hits like Me, Myself, and I and Hey Mama, is currently on the road supporting her EP All Your Fault Part 1, which recently debuted on the Billboard 200, as well as her latest hit single, I Got You. She recently stopped by our office to chat with our pal Jason Lipschitz about her music, and she has some real, real moments in the conversation. Really real. Really real. Um, So stick around for that later on in the show. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions, you can always tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So uh, let's go over some charty chart chart news and let's uh, run the numbers and talk about three of the biggest movers, sh- moverses and shakers <laughs> on the charts this week. This is what happens when I'm like trying to say things too fast. I just start <laughs> like making up words. Well, number one, Ed Sheeran. He's number one everywhere. I mean, he continues to rule the Billboard Hot 100 chart for a seventh week with Shape of You, while he also debuts atop the Billboard 200 chart with his new Divide album. And it crashes in with the biggest debut of the year and also just the biggest week of the year period, not even counting just only debuts. It earned a whopping 451,000 equivalent album units in the week ending March 9th, according to Nielsen Music. That's the largest week for an album in 2017 and the biggest since J. Cole's For Your Eyes Only launched at number one with 492,000 units on the December 31st 2016 dated list further divide starts with 322,000 copies sold in just traditional album sales which is again the biggest sales week for an album since for your eyes only started with 363,000 copies sold um next up on our list of the three cool things that we we talk about this week on the charts metallica's hardwired to self-destruct album jumps from number 14 to number two on the new billboard 200 chart And this is, of course, a former number one album. So why in the world is the album suddenly having a resurgence in popularity? Yeah,
0: when when did it come out? What month was it out? Last year. It was like the fall, right? Last year? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, Well, there's a simple explanation. Uh, The album earned 81,000 units uh, in the week ending March 9th. And that's up 191%. Of that sum, 79,000 were in traditional album sales. That's a gain of 209%. Um, The gain is owed mostly... To a concert ticket album bundle sale redemption promotion.
0: Whoa.
3: That's a lot of words, mm-hmm. um, and that it's 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 in tandem with the band's stadium concert tour that went on sale on February seventeenth. Um, the trek launches on May tenth in Baltimore at the M&T Bank Stadium, and it hits stadiums all across the U.S. throughout the summertime. Redemptions of the albums included with the purchase of a concert ticket. Register as a sale in the week the customer redeems or receives the album. Uh, We'll talk about this in just a second uh, because I want to get to the third thing this Mm -hmm. week. Clean Bandit, uh, their hit Rockabye, uh, rockets 24 to 9 on the Billboard Hot 100 after previously uh, topping out at number 21 sparked by its 17 to 3 jump on our digital song sales chart. Uh, and it sold sixty eight thousand downloads last week, and that was up ninety seven percent, all thanks to a sixty nine percent mm-hmm. sixty nine percent sixty nine cent sale price in the iTunes Store last week. Um, it's their second top ten, uh, following "Rather Be," which hit number ten. So that means this is Clean Bandit's highest charting single. Also notably, uh, "Rockabye" features Anne Marie and friend of the podcast Sean Paul. Um, oh. Outside the top ten, uh, but still noteworthy, we talked about her last week. Lord, her green light uh, makes its expected leap up the chart as it climbs from number one hundred to number nineteen after its first full uh, chart tracking week uh, on our charts. So, and yeah.
0: did her second song from melodrama, Liability, not hit the Hot one hundred after its Thursday debut? It did not. Okay. So it'll be on chart next week.
3: Um, so uh, do we have any questions about things we didn't already address? Like maybe I should explain the Metallica thing? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what Metallica did and what a lot of artists do is that they will uh, sell, they will bundle a album with a concert ticket. Basically the purchase price of your concert ticket comes with an album. You are part of that price is, is, a, is paying for the album. Now, you may never actually want this album. So it, we call it a redemption offer. Um, basically, you will get an email blast, an email message from perhaps Ticketmaster or the label itself saying, hey, don't forget your ticket actually, you, you paid for this album. Would you like this album? Click here to redeem it. And they'll give you an option of like maybe a, a digital download or, or a, a CD That'll be mailed out to you. Some people are even doing vinyl albums, which is a little bit pricier. Um, and some people, like some fans redeem them. Some of them don't because some may already own the album. Right. But, you know, it's getting harder and harder for people to actually uh, motivate people to buy albums. And uh, they were quite successful with this particular promotion. Um, but everyone from Sean Mendez and Josh Groban and Michael Bublé to you know, uh, Barbara Streisand have done this sort of thing in the past. It's just incredibly noticeable this week because this tour happens to be a stadium tour. So, you know, each venue has like maybe 70,000 people in it. So it's like we're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of tickets available. So really, this jump is not crazy when you think of the number of tickets that are out there. Right. Um, And not necessarily every single person's ever going to redeem this offer anyway. Right. Any other questions about this week's Big Chart News? Well, um... Ed Sheeran. Mm.
0: I, think, I think we covered it. You it, covered it.
3: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Ed can hold on for a second week. I, yeah. It's likely he probably will, unless Metallica has a really good week uh. again with those darn redemptions. <laughs> well, um, I think now it's time to talk about some music news, which means Sickly Katie is going to try to read <laughs> all of the music news this week. Let's
0: see if we can do this. Um, yeah, let's hit three of the biggest music headlines over on Billboard.com this week. Um, Starting with Nicki Minaj's trio of songs that she released on Friday. Uh, Hip-hop fans have been waiting for Nicki Minaj's response in her feud with fellow MC Remy Ma. And on Friday, she came through with not one, not two, but three brand new songs, including No Frauds, which reunited her with fellow Young Money superstars Drake and Lil Wayne, and was a direct response to Remy's two diss tracks, Sheether and Another One.
3: Notably, all three of Nicki's songs actually debut on Billboard and Twitter Top Tracks chart this week, with No Frauds being the highest new entry as it starts at number four.
0: Yes, No Frauds is clearly the uh, the big one with uh, all three of those Young Money rappers on it, and... um, In addition to being a fiery comeback in The Beef, the trio of songs, which also includes Changed It and Regretting Your Tears, will likely serve another purpose, lifting her over Aretha Franklin as the female artist with the most Hot 100 hits. Right, Keith?
3: Uh, Indeed. Right now, both uh, Nikki and Aretha each have 73 Hot 100 hits. Um, and we're, we're assuming that Nikki's three songs will probably all debut on the Hot 100 next week, or at least at one least, of them and at should. Least no frauds is going to be there. And that will push her ahead of Aretha Franklin.
0: And um, as uh, Keith has noted on past episodes, because we've talked about this stat a lot, among all acts, the cast of Fox's Glee leads with 207 charted Hot 100 titles, followed by Lil Wayne... Back to Lil Wayne again, yeah, with 133, and Drake, with huh. 132. So depending
3: on which songs debut on next week from Nicki, maybe Lil Gonna Wayne and Drake too, can, will probably. all get lifted.
0: <laughs> you know, crazy.
3: it's it's just sort of a Young Money, Cash Money kind of thing happening right now. Um, and Franklin and Minaj, by the way, now share 10th place among all acts for the most uh, Hot 100 hits on the chart.
0: Yes. Yeah. And speaking of Young Money and other huge news for the hip-hop juggernaut, our second headline of the week... Drake revealed over the weekend that his next album, More Life, has a release date hey. of Saturday, March 18. And it's kind of almost guaranteed to debut at number one, given Drake's chart history so far.
3: Assuming, because usually whenever he releases an album, it goes to number one. Um, uh, his last album, Views... Uh, started with 1.04 million units, of which 852,000 were in traditional album wow. sales. Now, that was a proper studio album. If he does not consider More Life a traditional studio album, in fact, he's called it a playlist. So, we don't really know how this thing is going to materialize in the world. Maybe it's just a Beats 1 OVO sound show. Sure. Maybe it's a playlist, maybe it's just a stream, mixtape, you know. So let's look at his other albums that were not traditional studio albums. What a Time to Be Alive, his collaboration album with uh, Future. It still had a big week, debuted with 375,000 units, of which 334,000 were in traditional album sales. And the album before that, which was, I think, Drake considered a mixtape, if you're reading this, it's too late, 535,000 units of which 495,000 were in sales now drake is huge on streaming services he can still sell albums you know like nobody else can Mm -hmm. so we're assuming this new project will probably be an easy number one debut
0: Probably, yeah. And um, it's interesting that he's releasing the album slash playlist, whatever it is, whatever yeah. on a Saturday, which will deny him at least one full day of tracking. Yeah. since the Billboard 200 tracks from Friday to Thursday.
3: Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's still Drake. Drake, Drake is following the beat of his own drum, so you know, it, it probably won't make a whole world of difference. Really, yeah. just to have one less day.
0: It could be that Ed Sheeran doesn't hold on to that highest debut of 2017 <laughs> for much longer.
3: He'll he he can enjoy it for a week or so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean we, we, we'll see how this plays out. It'll Indeed. be interesting to see how this how this whole thing plays out after Saturday.
0: And now, naturally, let's go from Young Money to the Kids Choice Awards. You know, sure, more young 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 people. young people, <laughs> young
3: young money, young kids. Sure. Yeah.
0: The uh, the Nickelodeon Awards show took place Saturday in LA and was hosted by WWE wrestler John Cena. of Sure, course. of course. Everything, everything makes sense with this. <laughs> there were a lot of big music moments and music winners. I think for Pop Shop listeners, the biggest headline has to be that former and current members of Fifth Harmony were all in the same building. The four remaining ladies took home favorite music group and favorite song for Work From Home featuring Ty Dolla $ign. Well, ex-5H'er Camila Cabello had a really striking performance of her Bad Things duet with Machine Gun Kelly. Very visual, very Very cool, cool like
3: projections, and yeah, it was very cool looking. And
0: I guess I say that they won favorite group and favorite song, like, Camila kind of shares in those victories a little. She didn't go on stage, obviously, (laughs) but like... She's saying on work from home, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I wonder
3: do you think um, do you think they like cross paths with one another? Were I, they in the audience I at the same time? Not.
0: I mean, those things are so weird. You never know if somebody's backstage in the audience I'm on sure the red carpet. Very at the same orchestrated time. to make sure that they didn't yeah.
3: run into one another.
0: I hope there's not bad blood. I have to say like I feel like their fans have actually been really cool about supporting both of these have they? acts. I think there is some like I think the initial online. the initial
3: backlash was just like
0: meow. I think so too but I kind of feel like people have come around to like embrace the four ladies as Fifth Harmony and, and embrace this new community. It's,
3: it's like the how, how many stages of grief are there? <laughs>
0: yeah are they it, in the acceptance phase now? Like, it's like the five stages of Fifth Harmony <laughs> <Yes>. grief Yeah, <laughs> that actually would be a really good article um, um, yeah. In addition to that, uh, some other big music winners included a couple of friends of the podcast. Um, we had Sean Mendez for favorite male singer, yeah, and Selena Gomez for favorite female singer. And oh. you can check out all the winners over on Billboard.com. Fifth
3: Harmony, Camila, Sean, and Selena have all been guests and on the all podcast. All on the show. Man, we do we do pretty all right sometimes. We do pretty well. Um, well, after all that chart chat and music news, I think it is now time for our guest interview with BB Rexa. The singer-songwriter has been burning up the charts the past few years with hit collaborations with G-Eazy and David Guetta, but now she's got a hit all her own, I Got You. Our pal Jason Lipschitz uh, spoke with BB recently in our New York office about that song, her current tour which has dates lined up through early April, and why she broke up her new studio album into two separate individual EPs and also in the conversation she gets really real too she talks about the craziness of promoting an album you know how you're crisscrossing the globe and going from country to country how she's even had those moments of wanting to like just give up and just hang out with her dogs at home and be like whatever um it's it's really it's a a good conversation and uh we're so happy that she can stop by and talk so uh take a listen to our chat with bb Rexa.
2: Welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast, BB Rexa. Thank Thanks. you so much for joining us. Uh, congrats on everything! You had an incredible couple months. This is your first headlining tour.
1: Yeah, it's my first headlining tour ever.
2: What is that feeling like?
1: Uh, I think it's 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 kind of everything all in one. But I think the most the the, the feeling that is the most uh, the biggest feeling that I have is like excitement. Uh, you know because it's always been my like dream and to finally start my own tour is like is amazing how
2: much like how much of like a like a spectacle can fans expect in terms of, like, um, dancing and pyrotechnics and
1: it's, all that You all know, that well, because a, um, a lot of the venues, like Irving Plaza, is like 1,200 people. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, like, the biggest. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, uh, if I go to, like, Kentucky or whatnot, it'll be 500, 400 people. Uh, so it's a little bit hard because I have to kind of... Um, I wanted to have like a crazy setup for this tour, uh, but I'm going to be planning another tour hopefully in you know, the fall or like the late cool. summer. But for this tour, I think it's going to be uh, more lights and, and, and uh, you know, fog and, and more mood and just a fuller band, background singers. And it's going to be more of like a, I just want to like play good music and sound good. So uh, I think it, as for dancing, I'll be dancing, but uh, I think it'll just be jamming out with the crowd and having a good time.
2: Uh, I'm excited for people to get the full kind of, BB Rex experience in a way that they never have before as I'm sure you are excited as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think if people are there, they kind of know my background, my story. So it's kind of celeb- celebrating those moments and, uh, you know, doing an homage to some of the songs that I've written and then some of the songs that have been featured on and all the new music and, and kind of like just a dance party and just sing-along party or something.
2: Love it. Love it. So I Got You is blowing up. Yeah, yeah. And you've had hit singles before, um, you know. Just recently, uh, me, myself, and I was uh, a top ten smash, and yeah. you've co-written and you've featured, and but this is you. Like this is all you. Yeah, absolutely. And how how different does that feel?
1: Um, it feels it feels it feels really good. Uh, I think because uh, when you put something out that's like your name, uh, it's like mine whereas like me myself and I was geezy and, and and I was featured on it but and I and I wrote it but it didn't feel like it was all mine and yeah. this kind of feels like it's all mine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, at at some point you kind of feel Scary though
1: cuz like you you know, you you uh you if you fail you fail with it if you win you win with it you know so
2: did you know like when when you finished that song that it was just like okay this is this is gonna take off
1: no uh, i mean i i mean it felt good i just didn't I, it was uh unexpected and, and exciting and it has still has a lot more to grow and and hopefully it makes it goes all the way that where i would want it to go and and if not we move on to the next but it, it's it's definitely surprised me on how far it's come with like the video streams and the radio play and then
2: it's very cool yeah do you feel like you have, a, like, a good sense of, like, what is going to take off? I mean, you know, you've...
1: Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, obviously, like, I love all my songs, but I know which ones are album tracks and, like, um, and, and which ones are a little, you know. And obviously, I play them for... I- I'll know the second I write them that there's something special there or there's an X Factor, but I could also be wrong, you know. Um, uh, but I usually have, a, like, a little bit of a, a hunch um and then you know the my favorites i'll play them for people that i like you know trust and get a uh an idea of what they think
2: and did that kind of happen with this new album
1: yeah yeah uh there's like a there's like a handful of songs that people love like they love fuck fake friends um bad bitch and there's a you know the second half there's a lot more songs too that people are really um that are really poppy like like, uh, I think this first half is moodier and a little bit more, you know, based off the breakup. But, like, the second half of All Your Fault is, like, just a pop, a person who loves pop music stream.
2: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Why? So why the two halves? Why not just one, one project?
1: Um, the album is done. I just feel like... I'm still a relatively new artist. I've been on a lot of songs. But like, uh, you know, to the world, I think they're still starting to get to know who I am and put the voice to the, you know, the face to the voice. And and, and I wanted to kind of go in slowly. And um, and I think we're in, music's in a totally different place right now. Uh, yeah. When I bought, when I really wanted an Leah single, I would... I would ask my mom, uh, I really wanted the Aaliyah, I want the song, and then she would go and buy me the whole CD. And, uh, you know, you'd buy the whole CD, and then you'd have all 12, 13 songs, and then you just might as well listen to all of them because they're in your CD player. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, now we have music kind of everywhere, and there's an abundance of, like, just new music coming out every day, and and everybody's an artist, and, and, and anybody can put music out. And we live in, like, a playlist world, whereas, like, we have hundred different artists in one playlist instead of it being you know one CD so I thought it'd be cool to put out two parts and uh, give each song their chance to shine
2: I like it do you li- do you like it like that like this how it is now or do you kind of miss like you kind of miss that era of like
1: absolutely like I remember getting you know my album you know getting my first album and it was like really cool because it felt like you know I miss the you know holding the CD the case in your hand and yeah. like opening the the reading I know, the, right? the reading the thank you note and then reading all the credits and like looking at the pictures and the photo shoot that that was really special to me but you know what like you move with times and it's 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 cool it's like it is what it is
2: so you know leading up to this point from uh me myself and i and hey mama and take me home like what was your favorite experience out of of, of all these hits that i'm sure a lot of people are going to hear part of on on tour um what was your favorite experience of just of of working with another artist and and getting a hit before you got your own your your own now
1: I think it like I think it prepares you, you know. When we did me myself and I, or like in the name of love with Jeezy, um, you, you, uh, you 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 know we did late night TVs or like the iHeart Radio Awards or whatever it may have been. Um, it, it really prepares you for what you're you're about to do on your own because those are like really scary moments. Because you know when you're doing like you know Good Morning America and it's at, you have to wake up 4 a.m. and and perform and be vocally on point by 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. um, and the whole world is watching <laughs> you, uh, and you crack or something happens or like you mess up a word um you know people are judging you on those three minutes yeah. um and i think that what those songs have done was um kind of what kind of wet my feet a bit and um and 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 uh me feel more confident in my skin and knowing what i want and how to do things um and how to present my music um and and i think that it, it was fun sharing those moments with martin and and, and especially with G easy uh, because it felt like a, it felt like a journey that we could both share, so we kind of were going through the same thing
2: yeah i mean that, that's a great point you don't you don't really think about that but you know when you come out of the gate and you have like your debut single take off oh,
1: you have to be able to like you know so th- much at once yeah it, it take you know you're doing promo and like you know for example since february 28th it's been two weeks straight of like promo every day you know london to germany germany to london london to amsterdam back to new york and then live on tv so you have to really know how to like prep yourself and it and it takes like a certain type of stamina and a certain type of like caring you're, you're you know it's like you can't you can't You have to be, you have to take this shit serious.
2: Was there ever a point where you were like, this is too much, like, I don't want this? Or was this all, was this ever? Listen,
1: like, I I think, I think there's been many times where I was like, I don't want this, this is too much. Um, I think because you you make music and you, nobody ever makes bad, bad, nobody ever, like, wakes up and says, I want to make crappy art or I want to make bad art <laughs> today like nobody ever does that yeah. like we all just make art because we want to express ourselves and want everybody to kind of connect to it and like it um and there's been many times that I've cried to my mom and 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 been like I don't want to do this it's like it's uh you know because you're putting yourself out there on a different level and, and 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 the world that we live in now it's entertainment so you're not only just putting your music out there and your voice and your lyrics you're putting your your brand out there and the way that you look so it's it's a it's a lot of pressure and and um and you want the world to like it. So um, there's been many times where I was like, I just want to give up and live in LA and just write songs and wake up and make coffee and kiss my dog and that's it. <laughs> I have those moments. I think that's so. what
2: we all want. But yeah, but, it's, but you know
1: what? But like when you like meet the fans and like you know like they wait outside. Like yesterday, there was fans that would wait out, like would wait outside for hours and they like tell you that like you save their lives or like anything like just like you know. It's like it, it sounds cliché but when you meet them and they tell you in your in your face and they tell you the story it it it, it touches you in a way that's like just, I don't know like makes no it other. It's worth it. I'm, I'm Yeah, sure. absolutely.
2: What's something that you could tell yourself if you could go back 5 years and tell 2012 BB what what's something you would tell yourself?
1: Um, 2012 BBO, those were very dark times. Um, you know, I would tell myself to just relax, um, because I always thought that everything was do or die. Uh, and when something didn't go right, I thought that I like messed up my whole career or something, you know, I was so uptight and I wish I could just tell myself to relax and not, um, think that everything was, you know, do or die. Just take a deep breath, uh, and, and nothing is that serious. If, if you lose a job, you're gonna find another one. You're not. That doesn't mean somebody's putting a gun to your head and, and, and gonna shoot you. You know what I mean? Like it, like yeah. you will survive. You know, if God forbid, if if you get sick, you you can you can uh, make yourself better. If, if 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 you get your heart broken, you will find love again. If you write a bad song and nobody likes it, you can write many more songs. You know, it's just like life is not that serious. Yeah,
2: I feel like I, I, I you know probably heightened for you in, in your profession, but I feel like in, in most professions you kind of have, like, you, you come out of, you know, school and college and, and and whatnot with, like, and it seems so high stakes, and then yeah. as you get older, you're just like, oh, okay, like, this is, yeah, like, it's gonna work out. Mean, like, it, I, mean, I bet you
1: remember when you were in college or high school, and you're like, oh my god, I have to get all A's, or I have yeah. to have, uh, you know, like, you know, like it's like, nobody gives a shit about the fact that I had a 91 average, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, here I am, like, like you could you could brag about that me, like, on stage. That nobody would be ever asked cool. me like, what did you get in chemistry? Like, nobody <laughs> cares. Like, it's the <laughs> truth. Like, and I was I remember like going and I was like so nervous every day in school. I Was like freaked out. I was like I have to do good.
2: Were you a really good student?
1: I was a really good student, um, and then I got like really. I actually was a good, I was a pretty good student. I was never like the A plus student. I was always kind of like. The, um, I was on the honor roll, but I was never like the valedictorian. The I could, I was, that was too high. hard for me. I just like it was, I, I was just not like some people are like naturally like that. I wasn't like I had to, I worked really hard and I wanted to be a good student, but I didn't have like A pluses like naturally. I had to like really study.
2: If you weren't uh, in music at all, mm. what do you think you'd be doing?
1: Honestly, I don't know. Um, maybe I'd be like a chef, or maybe I'd own a restaurant. I'm very like a. Um, like I have a very competitive sense to me and like uh, and and I I like to be the best at what I do like in the best my ability for what I do but um, I don't know I would probably own a restaurant and like an Italian restaurant and try to make the best like tomato sauce or something but um, I never really thought of that I never like in my life like ever uh, thought like what my plan B is, I just, like, do. I don't know, it's really weird. I kind of, like, always knew that I would be in music. I never knew what capacity. Like, even if it was just, like, a music executive or or write songs or whatever it may be, I uh, just knew that I was obsessed with music and that I would just be doing it. And I never... um even when I was broke at one point, like, I never worried about money because, like, something would a check would always just come in the second I was about to hit zero. Like, it, and it was always from music, and I just, I, just, I, think, I think what happened, happened was uh, I just cared so much. I was just so focused and immersed in the music that I never worried about money or, like, not that I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up wealthy or anything. My parents were, like, poor, you know, immigrants. But um, I just loved music so much I didn't have a plan B.
2: Well, the plan A is working out pretty well.
1: I think so. We'll see. We'll see what will happen.
2: It's been it's been it's been fun, for, you know, seeing from afar all the success yeah. uh, that's been rolling in. It's and-
1: cool. I think also for myself, uh, you know, um, if, when people start to get to know me, I think uh, you know in the future I'd like to like put more out of my story. But I think when you're starting out, you kind of have to hold back a little bit because yeah. then it seems like you're complaining or you don't want to put like too much of the gory details out. But I think that uh, even in the future for newer artists or songwriters, or I think the story will be really interesting and. Even when I think about how far I've come, I'm like really proud of myself uh, because it's it's uh, it's really been uh, you know I took my earrings off, I took my rings off, and I really fought the whole way. (laughs) I feel
2: like no, I feel like it's kind of a full. It's the underdog moment, yeah, yeah. It's
1: the underdog story. I feel like
2: underdog story. I like that. Well, Bibi, this has been awesome, and congrats on everything. And uh, I can't wait to hear more music. I can't wait to hear this this second
1: half. I'm excited.
2: Thanks for stopping by the Pop Shop podcast.
1: Thanks.
3: Thanks again to uh, BB for dropping by BB's office, you know, Billboard. Uh, BB, BB with and BB. BB and BB. BB plus BB. Um, thanks so much for stopping by. And uh, thanks, Jason, for doing that little interview. Thank you, Jason. And now, we didn't forget it's time for the chart stat of the week. Okay, maybe we, maybe we didn't have the chart side of the week for the past few weeks. We apologize. But it's back. It's back. It's back. And better than ever. Uh, because this week in 1999, the eternal diva share hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Do You Believe in Life After... Actually... Ooh,
0: I could probably do a good share right now with like, my voice. Do you believe
3: in life after love? I can feel some... Yeah, that's my auto-tune. Um, believe, <laughs> of course, is the name of the song. The song hit the top of the list on uh, March 13th, 1999, and it would spin four weeks at number one, and it finished 1999 as the year's biggest Hot 100 song on our year-end charts. In total, Cher has notched 33 hits as a soloist on the tally, stretching back to 1965's All I Really Want to Do. Of course, she also had hits with Sonny and Cher. Of course. Of course. Um, but we're just talking specifically about her 33 solo hits on the chart. Um, back in 2015, I interviewed Cher, by the way,
0: mm-hmm.
3: about her fifty, her then 50-year anniversary on our charts, because she actually charted before Sonny and Cher did, believe it mm-hmm. or not, just barely. Um, and she said, quote, I honestly think that the most fun I ever had making a song was Believe. Wow. Because you didn't know it was me in the beginning. True. And I was so excited by that. Um, I
0: actually thought it was a gentleman singing when I first heard that song.
3: She uh, it, go um we will probably link to it in in um in if you look in the if you if you're reading this on billboard.com we'll have a link to it. Um, you can also just google 50 years billboard share. Mm-hmm. You'll probably find this interview. But but she basically said that um, they were recording it and it, it just wasn't sounding right. Mm. And She was getting frustrated, and she went home, and she was watching TV in the UK, and she saw a performance by an artist who was using a a modulating, auto-tune-like thing Mm -hmm. on his voice, and she loved that effect, and she went to the studio the next day and said, we have to do that to this. And she did it, and they loved it, Mm -hmm. and uh, she has a great funny story about how, I guess, record executives with her label then in Germany, I guess, didn't like the way it sounded because they couldn't tell that it was her. They're like, "Well, we can't tell that it's you." Right. And she's like, "You're not you're, you're not changing it. Changing it over mm-hmm. my dead body." Right. And then it became her biggest hit ever. So, goes to show you where Cher inspiration can best. come from. Share knows best. There you go. Um, so there's your chart side of the week this week in 1999, Cher hit number 1 on the Billboard Hot 100 with "Believe." Okay. I think we have reached the end of the show for real this time.
0: Oh, I have to stop talking now? Yes,
3: you have to stop talking. You could probably go home Packing and... up a lung? Yeah. So...
0: But I'm in good company. Like Adele had... I have nodes on my vocal cords. Like, pitch perfect style. You know how that's all dramatic and pitch perfect? Wow. I have literal holes in my vocal cords. So... Whoa. Adele, Sam Smith, I'm in good company.
3: Wow, I didn't... Wow. Go, go. Here we are. So those are your parting words. Yeah, <laughs> Um,
0: That's what I would like to leave people with.
3: What song should we go down on? Um, Bonnie Tyler's "Total Eclipse of the Heart," Kim Carnes' "Betty Davis Eyes." I
0: love Betty Davis Eyes. It's my karaoke jam. So the answer is yes. And we are kindred deep voice ladies. (laughs)
3: We'll see you guys next week.
0: Bye. Bye.